The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We're tied at 35. There's 11 seconds to go, and Butker is ready. Winchester, the snap. The hold by Townsend. The kick is away, and good! 27-yard field goal to take the lead with eight seconds remaining in Super Bowl 57. Shotgun snap for Hurts. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zero's on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. That was last night in Arizona, not all that long ago in Arizona. I'm still in Phoenix yeah. for one more show before heading home. Somebody else I'm home, took baby. off as soon as we were done. He packed up his bag. He stuffed his weed that he bought out here inside, <laughs> and off he went back to Connecticut to right. smoke and drink and watch the game. Chris is there. I am here. we got two hours to talk about the latest great Super Bowl, 38-35 the Chiefs win, and we got two full hours to break it down from every possible angle. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, Michael. I'm, you know, I'm sorry you're still there, but hey, you know, you 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 got to go to the Super Bowl and do all that. That's one of the, you know, the bad things about the weekend. Now you got to wake up early and do a show, but I appreciate it. I know it's early out there. You're still probably like riding high on adrenaline to a degree. I know I was. I couldn't go to bed last night. I really, I looked at my wife and it was about one in the morning and I was like, I'm like awake. And she's like, well, what's up? And I was like, I don't know. I think that game is like, just got my blood flowing. And I was thinking about it so much. And of course, watching highlight shows after and everything, just unpacking it. But what a awesome moment for the NFL, right, Mike? I mean, the two best teams, right? What a great story comes down to the end. Uh, we just we just have so many things, I think, to unpack here the, over the next two hours. But wow, what a Super Bowl. So I think we slept about the same amount because I was two hours behind. It took us a while to get back to the house that we rented here in Phoenix. And when I got back, I was wired. I was jumpy. Right. I had a couple of cigars left, not the kind that 
may have been purchased out here on Friday at a local dispensary <laughs> where there were multiple PFT fans. Let me tell you something. I've never been in one before. I was in one on Friday. If the entire world behaved like the people inside of a dispensary, there would never be any fights. <laughs> there would never be any arguments. There would never be any wars. Everybody is chill and mellow. We had so much fun there, and I may or may not have sampled the local agriculture on Friday night and paid for it on Saturday morning. Wow, wow. These are, this, this, well, I mean, the Super Bowl comes first, but we need, we might need to, uh, you know, get, give a few minutes to the last segment of the show and get a little breakdown there. That is, so we'll break down the Super Bowl and then break down your Friday night. I can't wait. In fact, I'm not sure which one I'd rather hear about right now, but I guess since it's the day after the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll lean that way for now. I, I made the rookie mistake of having a drink or two before, as I've now learned it's better to have a drink or two after, uh, because they do not combine very well, I'm told. All right, yeah. let's get to the Super Bowl. I think we all felt like we were a little drunk and or high as that one was unfolding. And, you know, Chris, I want to go back to last Monday when we set up shop here in Arizona, the first day of the week when there weren't a lot of guests coming through. We had Miles Simmons and Shereen Williams on, and I think that was pretty much it because no one else was here yet. The point you made about adversity, which team has fought through it and experienced it recently and which team hasn't. And the team that has the experience being in a hole, being in a tough spot, having a quarterback who injured himself during a game, and instead of, oh, no, the sky is falling, they find a way. That team found a way down 10 points at halftime. I think that's the kiss of death if you're playing Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Once you're up 10, I mean, that's the pivot moment. You get up 10, and then you better drop the hammer like the Bucks did two years ago. Because if you let him hang around, if you let him score when he's down 10, if he cuts it to three... You're screwed, and that's pretty much what happened last night. Yeah, well, they're the they're the ultimate get it done team, right? I mean, that's what we talked about, Mike. They they relish the moments, the big lights, whatever. And I think when it all you know boils down to it, yeah, as the game went on, they made more of the big plays and the or the gotta have it plays in the big moments. And we've just seen the Chiefs do that so much throughout their dynasty. Now it's official, a dynasty. What they've got working here, it's a small one. But it's, it's still, nonetheless, a dynasty there. Uh, but, yes, that was the thing we worried about the Eagles. I think during the week we talked about, hey, the Chiefs O-line, we thought they could block the Eagles. Well, we saw that. We thought the Chiefs, if they went down double digits, they would be the team that would more suited to come back. They did that. And they played a pretty clean, perfect football game. But I'm just amazed by the Chiefs overall. It's two Super Bowls in four years. I could sit here and argue really in all three Super Bowls. They were probably the lesser team. Not by a lot. Not trying to disrespect. But they won two out of the three. And I think that's more because of the the fabric and the DNA and the culture of the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones. And they just believe and they believe in the big moments. They're going to make it happen over, you know, whoever it might be. Last night was the Eagles. And you're right. The Eagles were what, Mike? Like, you know, inches away a bunch of times where you kind of felt like, ooh, they're about to put their foot on their throat and the Chiefs are going to be in big trouble and the Chiefs made a play or hung in there and kept it to what you're talking about, where Mahomes can make magic or they can make magic and, and pull out the victory. And most of the magic happened in the second half. Yeah. But the Chiefs did just enough in the first half to allow the second half to be relevant. Agreed. Because 
24-14 should not have been the score at halftime. It was dominant in the first half Agreed. by the Eagles. They had the ball for 21 minutes and 50 seconds plus. That left the Chiefs with just over seven minutes. I think it was 7.08 of clock time for the Chiefs. And the one key was that third and short. Yes. Right? Fourth and short. Fourth yeah, and, third short, and short. We're doing that. Oh. It was third and short with the quarterback sneak, the right. unstoppable quarterback sneak, and the and and the, the guards rocking a little bit, and they See got him for a false start. Right. And then on the next play, as Jalen Hurts is just simply, and we see guys do this all the time without incident, shifting the ball left hand to right hand as he breaks to the right. Smart play, good coaching, inherent, a lot of good instinctive. Coaching there, and, yeah. And the ball just comes out. It just comes out. Ball came out. And next thing you know, it's 14-all. That that moment there, because look at where the Eagles were. Oh, They're near oh. the 50. The drive's going well. And all of a sudden, lightning strike, and it's 14-all. And it had no business being 14-all. The Chiefs hung around when they were taking the best punches from the team from Rocky Balboa's right. town. And that's what allowed them to lay the foundation for the comeback, because it should have been 17 or more possibly Agreed. at halftime. Agreed. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we're seeing it the same way. That was a huge moment of the football game. That's one of the hugest moments in the history of the Super Bowl. The better team that we knew was better was steamrolling the team you know, that had been there three out of four years. We talked about that all last week. Man, do the Chiefs, are they big enough? Are they good enough here to hang in? Or are the, the Eagles going to just steamroll them and control the clock? And is it going to be third and two and quarterback sneak and first down and third and four and get three yards and fourth and one? I mean, that's what it felt like. I mean, that was the moment. For me right there, you're right, Mike. Third and one, have control of the game. As the way it looks right there, you're going, damn, they're going to go down and make it 21-7 here. You know, okay, maybe 17-7. to Even at third and six, they're in the part of the field where I think that even if they get four or five yards there, they're probably going to go for it and get the first down again even there. You know, uh, so that was by by what you said. And guys, maybe we could show the play. Another one of the great defensive alignments by Steve Spagnuolo last night. The linebacker, the quarterback draw called. The linebacker sitting in the hole and waiting for it. And I think that's where Jalen Hurts is wait, like, wait. Every time we've called this play all year, it's just wide open. I usually can just run through some huge hole. Oh, no, there's a linebacker here. He kind of panics, loses the football. But, like, huge momentum swing and the, just the fact that, at least like you said, it allowed the Chiefs to weather the storm a little bit more, Mike. And then you follow up on that, I think, with them holding the Eagles to a field goal before halftime to where it was 24-14 and not more. Those were two huge moments in the first half that, like you're saying, Chiefs are staggering, but the hands were up and they were like, okay, wait, we're not out of it. We're a little wobbly, but we can regain ourselves here at halftime and maybe make a comeback. And that angle we just showed at the play yeah. makes me change my thinking on what Hertz was doing. I thought he just prematurely shifted arms to the outside arm. We hear that all the time. If you're on the right side of the field, get the ball in your right arm. Left side of the field, get it in the left arm. Because if somebody knocks it out, it goes out of bounds. Right. That's the whole reason why players do it. What he was doing there, he was getting that ball away from the defender who was crashing down on him before he was ready for it. Right. He's, he's getting it out of that spot because he's afraid if he gets hit there, that's when the ball's coming out. So it was a good thought. The problem is 
in that execution. And when do we ever see that happen? That's These are brutal. professional athletes yeah. who do this stuff all Big. the time. They can make magic with that ball around the back over here, up and down. And this is a simple execution, left hand to right hand. And he j- it just fell out, hit the ground. And on the next drive, when Jalen Hurts had the long run, right. you'll notice he didn't shift arms. He's not doing that again. No more shifting to the arms. I'll go ahead and leave it in the left arm, even though I'm going down the right side of the field. I don't want to take the chance of the ball landing on the turf. But that that really was the thing that kept it from being worse than 10. They had to have been thrilled with that extended halftime. And you never want to give Andy Reid extra time. That extended halftime, they've now experienced three times in four years. Yeah. They knew how to make the most of it, settle everything down, shoot whatever pharmaceutical enhancements they may have had in the locker room into Patrick Mahomes' ankle, and they were good to go. Yeah, no, exactly. I know. I don't, I don't know. Shot, you know, a bunch of Advil maybe because I'm guessing he probably took a shot before the game. Uh, but, but yes, the fact that they went in only down 10, knowing, knowing they were going to get the ball in the first and the, in the third quarter in the second half there, and, yeah, okay, it was going to be a big moment. You know what? The Chiefs are built through their offense, that offensive line, that quarterback, everybody there. We know they played through 15. So they were going to have to win it in the second half. And they put up a monumental effort in beating an all-time great defense and pass rush. That O-line showed them something about that. And then, you know, again, even on the other side of the ball, this is this is Peter King writing a column last week, not because he just like decided to pick it out of his like you know pick it out of thin air. He's talking to people. John, yeah, I was gonna say something else, man. Pick it out of his butt or something. Like, all right, either all right, way, well, you yeah. did now. All right, I said it. But either way, either way, like this is Peter King writing an article about this because people in football are telling him this is the best offensive line I've seen in ten years. This is the best offensive line I've seen in twenty years. I mean, it was a an all time offensive line. And they're the Chiefs supposed to be about throwing the football and sexy and spread it out and stats and yards. Again, in another Super Bowl, just like the 49ers who were famous for their run game, they had a great defensive game plan. They played physical, and that allowed them to you know, hang around in the second half. In the second half, I mean, come on. The best team in football all year had a 10-point lead, right, you know, with a quarterback that we're all putting in the MVP conversation, and they couldn't hold on because the Chiefs and just big moments, just so many guys that can make some plays, and of course, led by the guy, the man of the hour, 15, and all the pressure he puts on you. Uh, but the second half was truly amazing the way the Chiefs turned the, the tide of momentum in their favor. And lest we become the latest media personalities to be sued for defamation by a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Patrick Mahomes did not get a shot in his ankle. Here's Mahomes from after the game explaining how he managed to go forward despite clearly aggravating the sprained ankle late in the first half. It felt great until I, I, I kind of rolled it a little bit. Um, I, I thought I felt really good, and then that happened, and I had a, a lot of soreness going through into halftime and was able to move it around and kind of get taped up a little bit and, and go out there in that second half. And um, it didn't feel good, but I was going to leave it all out there, and uh, I, I'm glad it was enough for the win. I did not get a pain-killing shot, um, but uh, we, we did some stuff to get it ready to go for that second half. 
I'd love to know exactly what they did to get it ready for that second half, Chris. But, you know, one of the points you made when we were texting during the game, the idea that you have that extra long halftime, you've got that opportunity to get it fully taped, to make sure it feels good, to tape it and retape it and re-retape it. He was dismayed after this happened. He was sitting on the bench, pulled his helmet off. Yes. You could tell he was in pain. He was miserable. The the air went out of the stadium. Right. My son was sitting out in the stands with my wife and my nephew, and he texted me, what the hell is happening? Because he was stuck between and among a bunch of Eagles fans who were very loud, very obnoxious, very profane, and he'd had enough of it. And he felt like he was going to have a very long second half. And uh, I think Patrick Mahomes did too. So it all worked out well for everybody wearing red last night because Mahomes came out in the second half. And I don't know if some of that's rope-a-dope. I don't know if it is embellishment. I think back to Robert Sala, the Jets coach, after he got the job right before the Buccaneers and the Chiefs met in Super Bowl 55 saying, don't be fooled by Mahomes walking around like he's an old man. And and Mahomes liked the, the tweet with the quote from Salah right. and I don't know if he puts a little puts a little embellishment on it just for fun but uh, it looked like he really had injured it and they found a way to get it ready and I'm sure that that long halftime made a difference I think so it benefited them in this case for sure uh, it's it's one of those Mike where you know I've, I've had ankle high ankle sprain twice in my life and you can feel somewhat good, but if you tweak it or do something, you're like, oh my gosh, it hurts just as much or maybe more than when you originally do it. So it can be one of those type of things where it's excruciating pain, you know, but like one of those things after five or ten minutes, you're like, okay, wait, wait, it's, it's calming down here. Wait, the, the pain is not reverberating all through my lower leg anymore. And I would imagine they took that cleat off. They took that tape job off. Maybe even did a few exercises, you know, things like that. I would think maybe they threw a few Advils in. I've been in that scenario. Hey, here's four Advil. Take them down right now. Let's just see if we could stay on top of the swelling, you know, and then retape it to where maybe it gets into a better position or more comfortable position. But that's, again, we just, the lure, the, this man, this legend we're talking about who's got all these God-given skills is just showing you a, he showed us in this playoffs. It's, it's just more about God-given skills with this guy, right? To play with our friend, you know, uh, Jason Garrett, who loves the word moxie, right? He, 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 he says, I don't know, maybe this guy might have the most moxie that anybody he's ever seen at quarterback, right? I mean, we saw all-time gritty playoff performance and then to do it in the Super Bowl against this team, which we all knew was the better team with that pass rush, and to just make it happen and will your team to victory, that's where he's special. And the legend continues to grow behind Patrick Mahomes. We showed that run in the second half. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves yeah, well, and break well, this yeah, game down, but right. to me, that run, yeah. that run was the moment. Most Super Bowls have that moment. Now, sometimes that moment doesn't pay off. Julio Jones had a catch six years ago that I thought was the moment that the game was cemented. And the Chiefs obviously still had work to do to win the game. It wasn't done yet. But that was the moment where it was like, holy shit, they're going to do this. They're going to pull this off. They're going to win this game. The two guys in the room here. Just I saw a head jerk. Yeah, they were like, "What? Okay Wait, what show am I on?" That's okay. <laughs> we're allowed to do it. We'll pay the fines. You guys aren't in trouble. You don't have to bleep it. We're good to go. Um, uh, okay. So uh, Mahomes, I did not know this. Yeah. He's the first quarterback ever 
to lead the league in passing yards and win the Super Bowl same season. I don't know why that hadn't been mentioned at any point in the two weeks in the run-up to the game. If it had been, I missed it. It was all the talk about the Kurt Warner curse and no regular season MVP had won the Super Bowl since 1999. I had no idea that no quarterback who led the league in passing yards had ever won a Super Bowl. But, hey, with Patrick Mahomes as a first for everything, and he's going to keep finding ways to be the first to do something slash anything over the course of his career. Yes, uh, the, that I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, he just he's, he's as special as we've ever seen. He's a magic man. And he made – and I think that's, you know, that, that to me, with the end of the first half and as we continue to unpack this game – it just seemed like with that 21 to 14 lead with the Eagles, you know, not long after the big fumble and all that where you went, "Ooh, wait, here's a chance to put the foot on the throat for the Eagles. Oh, wait, they give him another chance." But now here it is, 21-14 before the half, they throw the ball down the sidelines, Devontae Smith catches it, right? And we have a moment just like we did in the NFC Championship game where, "Oh, wait, did he catch it? Did he not? They're hu- they're going fast to the line of scrimmage and Andy Reid and company challenge it, right? Because, or maybe it was a, a stop, a review stop by the, the uh, up top. It was in the final two minutes. Right, final two minutes. So that was a huge moment, too, to then, like, that was the moment where I went, ooh, from there on, it seemed like the Chiefs won the battle of got to have it plays, really, from that moment on. When they held them to a fear goal, whoa, we're only down 10, and we got really outplayed in the first half. You just felt like, okay, wait, can they rebound here? And with this crew at halftime, I don't know what was said, but the right things were said, and they fought back in a championship type of way. Yeah, and that was key because after the Mahomes injury, the Eagles get the ball back. Yep. They had a 27-yard punt return. They started the drive. I know I'm getting the, I'm getting the drives mixed up. Apologies. Uh, but they still got themselves in position where they – had a shot. Maybe that yeah. was that drive. I think, I think it that might have was been. that drive. Right. 27 right. yard punt return, 50 yard punt, 27 yard return. They started on their own, 43, got a first down, right. I think, and then think the 35 right. yard pass to Devontae Smith that wasn't. They still got a field goal, but that's one where a touchdown. You go in up 14 at halftime, much different vibe than going in up 10. And Chris, fast forward to the second half, and Peter King points this out in his column. I sat next to Peter the whole game, and it's amazing to watch the guy operate because he's always thinking of things that aren't obvious to the average fan. And he was tracking how long the time had elapsed between snaps for Patrick Mahomes. And it was 48 minutes of real time between snaps for Mahomes. They come out with the first drive of the second half, And it's like clockwork, 10 plays, 75 yards, and that 10-point lead suddenly becomes three, and that's the first time since 14-14 that we felt like we had a ball game. Yeah, that's right. Felt like we had a ball game. And you talk about a pressure drive. You talk about a pressure drive. I mean, to start the first half, right, you know, and then come down and make plays. I mean, you know, not only just the first, like the third quarter, but the way they did it, smart passes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they ran the football, right? So you looked at it and you just went, wow, okay, they showed some patience. They kind of controlled the line of scrimmage. And then Mahomes making clutch plays and clutch, clutch throws. And then, of course, you know, uh, from that point, you're right. That's where you kind of felt like they could, okay, are they going to be able to hang in here? 
And then so they go on a championship drive there, right? 10 plays, 75 yards, 24-21. But you're also going, wait, can this defense, are they going to stop them? And to me, that next drive was also just as clutch because the Eagles' long 17-play drive, but got to have it moment, need to score a touchdown, doesn't happen. They kick a field goal, and now they're only up 27-21, and that's when you went, uh, that's when I went double, uh-oh, wait, like the way the Chiefs looked on that last drive, I think they kind of figured something out, and let's see if they can, can they go down the field here and put a drive together and like take the lead in this game? That doesn't even sound right. Are they going to really maybe be able to go down the field and take the lead in the football game? It just doesn't feel like they should be able to do that. And boom, 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 nine plays, 75 yards, look kind of easy once again. And all of a sudden you're going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. The Chiefs are winning the football game. How did we get here? And it's just the magic of the Chiefs and Mahomes right there. They're clutchness, ice water in their veins, Mike. And let's back up to that Eagles drive, that long Eagles drive that began with what appeared to be the second pick, not pick six, but the second touchdown on a fumble return for Nick Bolton. Right. And they got it right. It was not a catch. It wasn't a catch, but that was like a holy crap moment. And I think the Chiefs knew it wasn't going to be a touchdown. They didn't feel like they had it ripped away from them unfairly. It wasn't controversial. He had two feet down. A third foot would have been definitely a catch. Remember, that was the rule change they made a few years ago. He didn't make a football move, act common to the game, didn't have the time to do it. It was the right call. But then after that, you know, the Eagles have to be feeling, okay, we dodged a bullet there. Let's settle down. And they did. And they moved it down methodically. And, Chris, I was surprised for as often as Nick Sirianni, the coach of the Eagles, goes for it on fourth down, fourth and six. From the Kansas City 15, I was surprised he didn't go for it because the field goal only puts you up six against a team that just went 75 yards on 10 plays and seems to be waking up. You're you're handing them the golden opportunity to take the lead. You're daring them to take the lead. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised. I was surprised when I saw the field goal unit trot out because I said to Shereen Williams and MDS in the press box. Is, isn't he going to go for it here? Yeah, right, right. Said, Why isn't he going for it? He always goes for it. Fourth and six. I mean, maybe if it was a couple yards closer, he would have. And I don't know if he was asked that after the game. But that was a big decision for a guy that, that shows that gutsiness and that willingness to go for it on fourth down. And as MDS pointed out yesterday, he's got a habit when he knows he's going to go for it on fourth down, he runs it on third down. Runs it on third down, gets a little closer for fourth That's down. That's right. They passed it on third down, gained five yards to Kenneth Gainwell, set up fourth and six. I'm sure if he had to do it over again, he would have just gone for it. But uh, And he would say, I trust my defense, but again, this is, this is Mahomes, who seemed fine on that last drive. And, and it, it, it just it set everything up for the drive where the Chiefs took the lead. And after the Chiefs took the lead, I, I tweeted – how are the Chiefs leading this game? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, response right? response would be right. because they've scored more points than the other team. But Chase Daniel, the veteran backup quarterback, pointed out in response something that I hadn't thought of until that moment, the vaunted second coming of the 85 Bears with all those interchangeable parts and Hassan Reddick and got, yeah, no sacks so far in the game. No. And as it would go, no right. sacks for the entire game. That's how the Chiefs 
had taken the lead. They were able to finally snap out of their funk yeah. and go two drives, two touchdowns to start the second half. No, you're right. I'm, I'm glad you backed us up a little too, Mike. You're, 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 you're right to do that. Those were, that was a big moment right there with that fourth and six. You know, that was the first drive. Even though the Eagles got points, you went, wait, there was a few plays within the drive, 17 plays, 60 yards, right? So that it's three play three yards per drive. I mean, almost three, you know three yards per play there. That's not like oh wow, sexy offense. But that was the first drive where I felt like Kansas City's defense, a few more tactical, you know, chances, risky plays on defense. You know, okay, yeah, we're gonna risk a little something here, and they got the Eagles behind the chains for a few times in that drive for the first time all game. Where he went, oh, okay, hey, you know, uh, Hertz made a big third and long throw uh, at one point to Goddard. It was one of his best throws of the day along the sideline. You know, there was a few plays there. But then even to your point, they got him behind the chains in that moment to to get it to a, what was it, a second and 11, like you said, that became a third and 11. And they go short. And Mike, you know, uh, I want to make sure I got that right. With the fourth and six, I just feel like to to your point, or talking about that, I'm not mad at Nick Sirianni for kicking the field goal there. I can't fault him. You know, I, you're right. It is Mahomes, but he's also got to be thinking, wait, we've played really good football, and I got the better team. And it was fourth and six. Like, I think if it's fourth and three, and you still have the the element of, wait, you don't know if we're going to run it, throw it, throw a screen, we kind of can have it all, because that's when the Eagles are at their best. When you have the run threat, then you have to play crazy, we got to stop the run defense, and yeah, we're going to be compromised and pass defense, right? But fourth and six would allow the Chiefs to maybe play a little bit more pass defense, and I'm not going to fault Nick Sirianni there, but you're right, that was a big moment because you saw Mahomes' thing start to come along here, and here they were going to get the ball. Fourth and six, great opportunity to let Jalen Hurts just run at six yards. And again, it's easy in hindsight, but still, in that moment, given the reputation of Ixiriani to go for it on fourth down, I thought he was going to go for it. I was surprised when I saw the field goal unit come out because I give the ball to Mahomes on his 15 up three versus kicking off from scratch, knowing that a touchdown puts him ahead. There's something psychologically powerful about that, Chris. Yeah. Uh, knowing that after all this crap that we've been through, right? after everything that has gone against us this game, we can te- – wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me this doesn't seem right. Wait, th- this doesn't compute. We can take the lead with a touchdown on this drive? And they're giving us the opportunity to take the lead with a touchdown. They're just handing it to us. They're daring us to do it. These are the Chiefs who are crying out loud. This is Patrick Mahomes who came out on that first drive of the second half and showed he was fine. Whatever we thought was wrong with him after he re-injured the ankle, nope, he's fine. That That's what surprised me. And you mentioned that Goddard catch. Yeah. I still think that wasn't a catch. I agree. I, I don't think, think anybody I know thinks it, it was a catch. Until but... the back foot was up. And I don't <laughs> right. know what the hell they were thinking on review. Know. There's one angle. There's one angle where it looks like he had it while the right foot was down. But there was another angle where it was still a little wobbly, juggly, Definitely. bobbly. Definitely. And the foot was up. They yeah. blew that one. 
345 or wherever they're doing the replay reviews during the Super Bowl, because I guess you don't have to be at 345 Park Avenue because there's only one game that day. Wherever they were doing that, they missed that one. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was an incomplete pass. I, I, I great did, throw. I did too. Yeah, great throw. I thought throw. it was incomplete. I, I thought so too. You know, maybe that going back to what you talk about, Mike, they called it complete in the field and they felt like, all right, it was so close. Let's just let the, the call in the field ride, right? But, yeah, that was – that was uh, certainly one that I, I scratched my head. And, of course, I'm texting with other people who, you know, watch football and all that. They were all like, wow, I can't believe that call st- stood. Either way, to your point, though, Mike, now let's get back to the Chase Daniel tweet and all of that. It's 27-21, and now the Chiefs got the ball. And we saw on the drive before, wait, the Chiefs are kind of protecting He's never under, like, severe pressure. Yeah, it doesn't look like people are wide open or anything like that. Okay. But they continue to stay with the run, and that was another thing. I mean, you talk about just the championship mindset. Biennemi and and Andy Reid staying with the run. So here it is, 27-21, and now, wait, it's a bunch of eight, ten-yard throws, run up the middle for six, run up the middle for eight. We start to see Mahomes move around, and he makes a few scrambles and all that, and all of a sudden you went, "Uh uh-oh, and then, guys, let's get to that play, the touchdown we showed here, you know, to to make it 28-27, and then here comes the magic of Andy Reid and Biennemi to go, what, how, third and three, you think you know what we're going to do, we're not good at third and short all year long, but it doesn't matter, it's a Super Bowl, we'll be ready in this game, and what a great play and and design and Mike and something we talked about a lot last week right you heard me say how many times the Eagles have problems with shifts and formations they do too much on defense sometimes and we saw the bite them in the butt there a little bit in the second half with plays like that the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I was sitting next to Peter King. One of the things he does so well, after each Super Bowl, he'll talk in detail with the winning coach about a key play. And I said to him after that, there's your play. you got to find out what (laughs) that play is called. Right. And he found out the play is called... Corn dog, as Eric Bieniemy explained it, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, they call it corn dog because they like to eat. But that, and you can see, can we show it again? Yeah, Watch let's Darius show it. Slay. Right. He's so concerned about the shift. Yes. 
changing things. Right. He just assumes that Kadarius Toney is going to continue. Watch right. him put his arm up, and he's communicating with the other defenders. Yeah. He neglects the thing. See the arm? See, go, What's, go, go. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, crap. He turned on the brakes, spun it around, and there he went. Right. See, and that's, that's beautiful. That's that's the difference between regular season coaching and postseason coaching. No doubt, Because we, we had the package last week of plays showing all the issues that the Eagles have with motion. The Chiefs knew it. If we knew it, the Chiefs knew it. That's right. And the Chiefs game plan. Yeah to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's right. The Chiefs knew it. You're right. You know, and, and that's it. That's that's also great. You know, you get into it. We get right. We always laugh about this self scouting thyself. Wait, we do this. We do this. We do. They're going to expect us to do this. So let's do that instead. And guys, let's show the play one more time because I I'd like you're right, Mike. See, the Eagles always go for the kill and it came back. See, Slay, he's the safety is going to go down and go to the other side. They think he's going to go across the formation, so he's going to be the safety. But the aggressiveness in which Tony starts the motion, they're like, "Oh, he's going across the field. Check to that defense. Let's go. You get down there. I'll go back there." And then they say, "Set hut." And they overplay their hand because they're going to try to go to the kill because they want to wait when they go across the other side. We're going to smash it. And the Eagles, great job there. I mean, by the Chiefs, of course. And knowing what the Eagles' adjustments might be and seeing the things that we talked about last week that, you know, man, if you move and you move aggressively and you do it before the snap, they have to communicate a lot of things to make things happen. And, uh, Great play right there, and that's when you went, oh, wow, the team of momentum somehow has the lead. How the hell is this? But they just big light Super Bowl. It's the freaking Chiefs, and that's where they're one of the coolest dynasties I've ever seen because nobody can ride the wave of momentum like Mahomes and Andy Reid, at least that I can remember seeing anything like them in my life, really. And Chris... That play was set up to let Patrick Mahomes choose either run to the left or throw it. Wow. His call. Wow. His decision. Right. His choice. Little RPO there, and, and he knew he had the right coverage. And and he and he knew he knew when they sold they sold it. Like you said, the safety came up, seeing it's a possible run to the left, and that's when it all went haywire. That's when it short circuited for the Eagles defense. Head coach Andy Reid told Peter King they had used that play one prior time this season. Coincidentally, Pete Demolitis last night found that way play. Way to go, Pete Demolitis. All the way back in week one. Here it is. Yeah. There it is. The exact same thing and the exact same outcome. I mean, not a touchdown, but it was third and two. Right. They got the sticks. Same thing. He breaks it back out. Watch the, watch the shift. And now, now, it was too late for number seven to make this spin yeah, and get Byron back Murphy there. He didn't there. get completely caught, but it's still, it's still, it's all set it's all up effective. like it's going to be a run. The motion screws everything up, and there it is. Yeah, that, that's Unbelievable. right. Unbelievable. The yeah. only other time they used it all the way back in week one, week one, by the way, when the Eagles had a game against the Lions that finished 38-35 to with the Eagles winning, fitting, maybe not. That's I think funny. they would have rather lost 38-35 in week won one this and won 38-35 <laughs> yeah. in the Super Bowl, but yeah, identical I so. scores. I identical scores to start and finish the season so that was that was the moment now there's still plenty of football left to be played no doubt but that was the moment where it's like man 
wow, we got us a game. We're going to have us a finish. Both of these teams are still very much alive. Either team can win it. We know how the momentum can swing. And uh, that, that, it's just great when you have that feeling that we're going to have a great Super Bowl. That's right. That we're going to have a memorable outcome. Oh, that, that was when you went, uh-oh, we're going down. We're going, it's, we're going to all-time Super Bowlville here when that happened. Because you're like, wow, I don't know how this great quarterback and this team is winning this game. It's kind of unbelievable that they just hung in there staggering, rope-a-dope, Ali versus Foreman, and all of a sudden here they're throwing the haymakers and it's the Eagles that are wobbly. And then, oh, wow, they're up 28-27 and you're just going, well, I mean, we've seen the Eagles in these moments all year. You know what they're going to do now. They're going to give the ball up the middle and play smash-mouth football, and they're going to run it right down the Chiefs' throat, and they're going to go down and score. That's kind of what they've done every, every big moment all year. But guess what? Chiefs rise to the occasion, play defenses where they basically go, we're not going to let you run it. We're going to, you're going to throw it. We're going to sell out. We're just, we're, you know, Jalen Hurts, you're playing good. You're doing some good things, but we just still don't think you and the passing game are going to beat us. We know the run game can beat us. And they forced the Eagles to go three and out at 28 to seven. So here we are at a big moment, 28, 27, excuse me, Chiefs and the most methodical dominant offense we saw in football all year now is... Wait, gone a few drives without a touchdown, hasn't capitalized on the opportunities, and they're down 28-27, and they go three and out, and they're going to punt the ball back to the team that just went down the field and scored two touchdowns the last, time, the last two times they touched it? That's when you went, oh, my gosh. How the F is this freaking happening in this Super Bowl? And then comes the punt return heard around the world Let, let's ha- let's put a pause in that all though. right well, pause it guys it don't now. show this play too yet late. hold on too pause late. it okay too late there's the 65 <laughs> yard punt return from Kadarius Tony he's weaving he's spinning one I was sitting in the press box and I could see this develop and we were all like holy crap we right? saw it open up when he broke to the right and they took care of the punter I thought he was going to score 65 yards the longest punt return in Super Bowl history there have been kick returns longer kick returns for touchdowns this is the longest punt return in the history of the game, and it set up the Chiefs' first and goal at the five. Now I'll back up to yeah, that back Eagles up. drive. Let me hear you, Mike. this punt because they have the ball first and ten on the 25, and they're coming out methodically. They're not running, but they gained five yards on a pass to Dallas Goddard on first down, two yards Zach Pascal on second down, third and three. They 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 don't just go for three. They throw it to Devontae Smith, and it doesn't work out right. I think it was more along the lines of he was rolling out. He got out scrambled. He got pre- pre- pressure. Exactly. We he saw him. that happen several times. Definitely. He gets he gets forced to the side and right. he just throws it away. So it wasn't like it was real. But but third and three, and when you have that that incredible bush push. Yeah. They're, they're probably going to change that rule. They've over yeah you know, early in the year. Peter King and I were saying why you know it's now legal to push, not pull a runner. It's completely legal to push a runner. It used to be in the rule book, and they never called it, so they just got rid of it. Now everyone's doing it, and the Eagles have figured it out. They can get whatever yardage they need anybody. just by right. getting in that scrum and just go. They didn't do that. They opted to throw. And I, Again, I was a little surprised. Fourth and three, I was a little surprised. I know it's their own 32. A little surprised they didn't consider going for it there and sent out the punt team. 
because you don't want to give it back to Mahomes again if you can avoid it. You just don't want to do that. You want to keep the yeah. ball. You want to try to go down and score. And obviously, again, in hindsight, if they'd known they were going to go up a 65-yard punt return all the way down to the five, yeah, they would have just gone for it instead. But, Chris, that's what was so significant. When we lock into this moment of we're going to have a great finish, we got a great game, for the Chiefs to hold the Eagles to a three and out, man, yeah. that, that, that was huge. And yeah. it was stunning because it happened so quickly. That's right. And then the Chiefs pressure. And Steve Spagnuolo, again, I don't know, we just, you know, how many great Super Bowl defensive performances is, there, is his team going to put out? I mean, well, let's talk about one of the all, the all-time great D coordinators in the history of football. But, yeah, Mike, they did a great job all night of where I thought, you know, Hertz was a little too quick to run out of the pocket at times and put himself in running positions instead of maybe just sliding and staying in a throwing position. Either way, they did a great job of affecting that and making him move that way. And then just, you know, as we've always seen from Steve Spagnuolo, great understanding of protection rules and how to stress it and taking some calculated risk. He knew he couldn't sit back and just play the Eagles and go, wait, I'm just going to play my normal defensive game plan here and we'll be okay. He knew that, that what he was dealing with here. This is the, 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 one of the more dominant offenses we've seen in football the last year. So he took some chances. And I was like you, Mike. I was a little surprised just in the fact that it was second and five. They get the gutter com- completion. And I'm just going, I don't know. You know, I know they weren't running the ball well, but I was shocked to see them not at least run the ball once there and maybe get into third and two or three and then run the ball again. But they opted to throw it. And Kansas City, I'm sure, was pleased with that outcome. They probably were like, yeah, please throw it. We, we feel more comfortable in that department. And their pressure – their ability to all go, go all out and stop the run, and then their ability to tackle and space. We didn't see a lot of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith after the catch magic in the football game. I thought that was a big part. Nonetheless, they, they, they forced a punt, and the Kadarius Tony talk about a huge acquisition during the season. They got a guy. It wasn't OBJ. It was Kadarius Tony, and he made a huge play for them to get them – you know, in a really power position in the Super Bowl. And that was viewed at the time as a long-term acquisition by the Chiefs. I think anything they got out of Tony this year, they would regard as gravy. Yeah. And they were, they were dipping all sorts of breads and biscuits in the gravy last night because they got plenty out of Tony in that short period of time. I mean, there was a flash of, holy crap, Tony could be the MVP instead of Mahomes. Yeah, right. Touchdown on that great pivot right. and the 65-yard punt return. But there was no denying Mahomes because on that short field. Yeah. And it looked like looked like they were going to be held to a field goal. Yeah. Looked like it. But then third and goal. Right. Flip it around. Let's just bring out corn dog, but turn it upside down. Now, I don't know that the rest of the play was exactly the same. We'll take a look at it now. But it's similar. Sky Moore doing the same thing right. that Kadarius Tony did. Coming in from the left side and breaking it back out. Do we have all the way from the beginning with the yeah, motion? Yeah, it's, so it's a little different. The there. guy goes in the post down the middle, but it's very similar concept, Mike. I mean, there's nobody there. Right. There's nobody there. Right. No, this you is. You got to cover the guy. Right. No, I know. See, they went all out blitz. So they're going aggressive here. They're going for the kill. That's what they're doing. And the Chiefs, and again, this is Patrick Mahomes. He's, I mean, He's only the greatest blitz quarterback in the history of football. I don't know, but I would blitz him. I was shocked by this. 
This, to me, was one of the shocking calls of the game on the defensive side of the ball. It's third and four, and you're going to give the greatest quarterback of all time a chance to, you know, you know, find a one-on-one matchup. Andy Reid, they kind of know what to expect, right? You're going to take less people out of coverage. You're going to blitz seven and then just have four one-on-ones. And, guys, if we could show the play, but you're right, Mike. It's almost it's, – it's exactly similar, but they knew the blitz they were getting this time. And instead of, like, the last one where it was Tony and Kelsey and then Kelsey ran out, on this one it's Sky Moore and I believe it's MVS who runs across the field. You'll see him in the yellow gloves at the top of the screen, right? He runs the post across, so they can't switch this off. So they're screwed. And just like the last play, Avante Maddox is overplaying. Wait, he's going to fly across the formation, right? And they're going to try to hit it on the other side, and he's going to throw the ball in the flat on the other side. They're thinking that. But again, another great job by the Chiefs scout, self-scouting thyself and kind of going, wait, they think we're going to do this. We know what they're going to do if they think we're going to do this, so we're going to do that. And that's why Andy Reid is a first ballot Hall of Famer and in that special wing with Deion Sanders and all the great coaches now. They got three guys on that team that get in the upper room. I think Mahomes gets in the upper room right now. Oh, what I great. he's got to do more I to agree. fully earn But <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid get into the upper room once Deion Sanders finally pushes it through. One quick point yeah. before we get through the remainder of the game. The... The idea that Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, has been a candidate two straight years for the Texans, and a report came out yesterday that the Cardinals are going to interview him because it feels like both the Cardinals and the Colts are waiting for the Super Bowl to end to hire one of these coordinators. And I know Steve Spagnuolo was 11-41 and 41 as coach of the Rams, but that was a long time ago. I'd like to think he's learned a few things as defensive coordinator in Kansas City since 2019. I'd like to think he's, he's a little bit better after being with Andy Reid and seeing how Andy Reid operates and learning. Uh, and this is nothing against Jonathan Gannon, but based on last night, if teams were waiting to see what happened last night before finalizing their finalists for the two remaining vacancies in Arizona and Indianapolis, how is Steve Spagnuolo at least having to sit down with somebody? Am I missing something here? And, I, and, I, and look, I'm a firm believer, I'm a firm believer that... Just because you go be a coordinator again after you flamed out as a head coach and you do well, that shouldn't entitle you to be a head coach again. But it should at least get you an interview, Chris. It should, it should at least get your name mentioned in the discussion. I know he's 63, but he could coach for another 15 years. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm, I'm surprised with, with all this Gannon hype, especially after last night, that Spagnuolo isn't going to be mentioned and what about eric Bieniemy again yet again, yet no, that, again. that's the other he still one has an right. outside shot outside shot to be the colts head coach but there was a report yesterday Sounds like going shane steichen. steichen right right well maybe maybe jim ursay watched last night's game and uh, i was thinking let's at least give eric Bieniemy a second interview before we make this final decision because he's still the offensive coordinator and has been each of the five years, Patrick Mahomes has been the, the quarterback of the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when it comes to that discussion, you know, there's just not enough credit being given to, to either one of those guys. And, yeah, because of Steve Spagnuolo and maybe the way his head coaching career with the Rams, it was less than. We know that. 
You know, it, it's left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But you, I, I'm with you in the fact that I, I mean, I don't know how many times have we got to see the guy come up with a special game plan in a big in a big game. I mean, really, uh, with with a team that's built through the offense. You know, that's the other thing too. You know, and, and still make a lot of you know big plays and big moments, and a lot of that is because of his coaching and his scheme. I don't get it, and the Eric Bieniemy thing is beyond me. I I I, I have no idea. And listen, I'm a huge fan of Shane Steichen. I think he is the man and deserving to be a – I mean, come on. He invented an offense here in Philadelphia. He never even did in his, in his life. But he's, he's made it work because of you know, the quarterback and everything else he had to do. it. He was like, wait, I never ran this offense ever, but I guess this is what I got to do to make it work, so I'll invent this offense. And it's, so he's phenomenal. But, yeah, the enemy thing, it, it's just – uh, it's head scratching to me. It does. It's like it's gotten. It's like too much Mahomes credit, and for that, it like it hurts Bieniemy. I don't really get it, but it looks like we're going to go through another hiring cycle, and Bieniemy's not going to get a head coaching spot. And I'm just shocked by that. And look, with Spagnuolo, I'm not making excuses for the guy. He did go seven and nine in 2010, but he was one and 15, and then two and 14, uh, first and third years. Right. But that was just after Stan Kroenke had bought the team. And job number one at that time for Kroenke and his minions in St. Louis was not to win football games, in my opinion. It was to lay the foundation to move to L.A. I firmly believe that from the moment Stan Kroenke bought that team, the L.A. plan was activated. They were in an arbitration in that same time frame, at or about that same time frame, with St. Louis that that they won over upgrades to the stadium. And that was one of the dominoes en route to eventually picking up the stakes and taking down the tent and moving to L.A. So I just I don't know how much blame really belongs on Spagnolo at a time when maybe higher in the organization yeah. there was another agenda that was being pursued, i.e. moving the team to L.A. And I don't know how honest they ever were with that to anyone, specifically to Spagnola when he took that job after leaving the Giants one season after the Super Bowl 42 game plan that held the Patriots to 14 points and kept them from going 19-0. and All right, let's, let's go unpack to... It. Yeah, let's get this last two few drives. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we get to fast forward. 28-27, or 35-27. To their 35-27. Hey, you know, I, I was thinking of you. I'd mentioned your name. Your ears may have been burning. I said, go for two after that touchdown. After the Skymore touchdown, make it a nine-point game. Make it a two-score game. Go for two. Go for two. They didn't. Now, and I heard you in my other ear saying they still have to essentially score twice because they need the touchdown, and then they have to convert fourth and goal from the two, basically, the two-point conversion play, to make it a tie game. But I still thought they should have gone for two. I I mean, listen, it crossed my mind. But at the same time, they had momentum, and you make that team go down and score a touchdown, and then score another touchdown from you know the 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 two yard line. I, I'm always in favor of that. I am, you know. I I hear what you're saying. I do, but you know, hey, gosh, you do that. I'd also be worried about. Okay, yeah, all right. We're you know we're we're up we're up uh, seven now instead of eight. Right, and now they go down, and what? They might go for two. They're crazy enough, and they could have got to go into tonight. Oh wait, now we're not even in the lead or tied or anything. You know, we're losing. So uh, I had, you know, I'm glad they didn't. I guess is what I'm saying. But either way, 
Eagles got the ball and did some work on this next drive, and then you started to go, uh-oh, all right, wait, they regained their mojo, and here we are, it's going to be a dogfight, and we're at 35-35 because that was a great drive the Eagles answered with. You know, a few short passes, a few runs, and the wide-open Devontae Smith down the left sideline where Chiefs just – Legeria Sneed blew a gasket covering out in the left side, and, uh, man, this, this set us up for an unbelievable ending. And there it is from the two-yard line, that quarterback sneak. It's amazing. I mean, really, if you can get whatever yardage you need with that thing, and then the two-point conversion, a run to the left by Jalen Hurts to tie it up. One last point, though. You know, and this is another argument to consider going for two after that Chiefs touchdown. Your kicker earlier in the game stoinked the 42-yarder. Yeah, I know. That's still a 33-yard field goal right, for that right. extra point. That gets lot. We still, we still, when we do the numbers and run the analytics, we just assume that one point is automatic. It's not automatic, as we know. That's part of the overall analysis. And I'm always the guy that's like, ah, you know, the analytics have a place. Let's not get too crazy with it. But I love that idea of going up two scores and forcing the other team to get the touchdown, get the one-pointer, try to get the ball back, and then a field goal would uh, potentially win it for them. Let's do this because we've been going for 53 minutes. Yeah. We'll focus on that final drive yeah. for the Chiefs, the one that resulted in the game-winning field goal after we take a quick break and we continue with this post-Super Bowl edition of PFT Live. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 